Welcome to the Sci Seminar's monthly call highlighting tools and techniques from the basic seminar. We know this is a hot topic with our graduates and guests as we have hundreds of people registered and joining us for this call tonight. I'm your host, Dory Locke, and tonight we will begin exploring the topic of playing to win. So let's get started. Hey, Dory, I'm cutting in here. Jane Wilhite. Yes, I had to cut in. I had to cut in because I've got some great, great news. It's kind of like playing to win, but it, the last Principia, I got together with about 35 graduates to put a book together of ways that people are using the basic seminar. Do you think that would be a good book, Dory? I think that sounds like an excellent book. Yeah, we've been wanting to do this for a long, long time. So the name of this book is Your Dream Machine, because I believe personally that Psy is a dream machine, that people that go through the Psy seminars can get their dreams. They create dreams. They start, for a lot of people, they start dreaming again. So this book is coming out, and you're going to get an email. I think you got it already today, where you can buy a book. Now, the book is $17.95. The name of the book is The Dream Machine, and it is 35 graduates talking about how they use the techniques inside to create better relationships, better personal lives, and also better professional lives. Each one of the, of the authors has added at the end of the book, added bonuses for you that are, I, I was looking at them just a few minutes ago, and they're staggering. I mean, there's, there's tutoring, there's mentoring, there's books and tapes and just about everything. I mean, it's thousands of dollars worth of free bonuses for $17.95. So I think it's a great deal. So what I want you to do today is to go and to buy the Dream Machine. And take advantage of all those bonuses because they are fantastic. In fact, the bonus that we're putting in is a book that the MLS guys put together that has all of Tom's teaching about how to ride a motorcycle. Now, all you grads know that Tom Wilhite never, never would spend time teaching a person how to ride a motorcycle. But what he would do is teach the philosophy through teaching motorcycle riding. So this is 124 rules from Thomas Wilhite, and that's a free gift to you. This book is fantastic. The foreword is by Bernie Dorman, and the introduction is by Bob Proctor. Uh, it's, it is filled with so many stories of how... People have overcome many obstacles to create successes in their life. It, it'll truly bring a tear to your eye and a smile to your face. These are grads just like you who have made their lives much better by the use of the philosophy. You know what I'm excited about is I know so there's thousands of success stories out there. You know it's almost 40 years. You know it coming up to the 40th year, these are great stories for you to read. Hey, by the way, Dory, have you, have, you, um, have you bought the new book? I have. I got the email this morning, as you were saying, and I had a chance to jump on and already order my copy, okay. and I'm really looking forward to getting into all the extra bonuses that you were talking about. Did you see some of those Especially the MLS thing. <laughs> Did you see some of those bonuses? I, it, they it's hard fantastic. To it's hard to believe that, you know, everyone came together and it looks like they've all put something in and, and so you get a chance to, to look at some of the different tools and, and things that are offered from the co-authors that you're working with. So I'm very excited to see it. I think it's going to be great. So thank you very much. I know you're all waiting to get back to playing to win. So Dory, 
take it away. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. And I'm so excited that you joined us this evening. And what a special little chance to get a behind-the-scenes look at your dream machine. And so let's get started. And tonight I have the pleasure of introducing our facilitator for this call, Mr. Dan Gibbons. Dan is a renowned speaker and former trainer of the Think and Grow Rich Concepts for the Napoleon Hill Learning Center at Purdue University. Dan built a seven-figure income with his business by understanding his greatest asset, people. Having been involved with size seminars for over 20 years, he's been an integral part of establishing several size cities, including Las Vegas, Denver, and now supporting the Portland area as well. One of his passions is working with pace-setter leadership dynamic teams, where they really work with the play-to-win strategies. I'd like to be the first to welcome Mr. Dan Gibbons to the call tonight. Ah, thank you, Dory. I uh, appreciate that introduction, and it's always a pleasure to work with you. Thanks well, so much. I'm going to dive. You got it. I'm going to dive in here and get uh, get started. It's neat that uh, you invited me on this uh, call. I'm, I think uh, there's a lot of great lessons here that uh, I'll be able to tie into playing to win with the Olympics. I'm going to use um, uh, a lot of points and a lot of material that I that I cover in the uh, Pace Center Leadership Dynamics program that uh, Dory mentioned that I'm involved in. And in that uh, game, um, in the uh, Pace Center Leadership Dynamics, we actually do call it a game, and uh, it's it's really the game of life uh, that uh, people are playing in, in in that game. And we use the concept uh, playing to win all the time. And so some of the major some of the major areas that uh, we talk about in the pace of leadership dynamics is there's four major areas that uh, uh, people will break down into when you're looking at uh, uh, the plan to win philosophy, if you will. There's plan to win, which we call true choice. You're just in true choice about what it is you want to do, whether it's uh, playing a sport, running a business, in a relationship, um, whatever the case may be, true choice looks like I want to, I'm going to win, I take personal responsibility for it, proactive, you know, uh, people that are playing to win, they don't have to be told what to do, they're very proactive, they're always looking for solutions, uh, they, they're working on their attitude constantly, and they'll support people no matter how they show up or how they're playing the game. And um, uh, they're just uh, very clear and certain about what it is that they're doing. That's the plan to win ch- true choice philosophy. And, um, uh, and, and are people operating from plan to win and true choice all the time? No, nobody operates there all the time. Uh, we go in and out of it. Uh, but that's what... Uh, in in the Paysetter Leadership Dynamics Program, that's the distinction that we make in Plan to Win, true choice. There's another component there that we call, or another quadrant we call false choice, or plan not to lose. And for any of the um, participants on the call, if you're a football fan, you see this a lot in uh, football games when teams at the end of a game go into a plan not to lose defensive strategy, and the other team often rolls right down the field and scores because the team switched from playing to win to playing not to lose, and it's it's a it's a different mentality, it's a different philosophy, uh, but in playing not to lose. And the uh, Paysetter Leadership Dynamics, which I'm going to call PLD, PLD is the acronym we use. Uh, in PLD, we call that false choice. And in false choice, uh, people's thought processes uh, are I have to, I need to, I should. Uh, there's a big difference between I need to, I have to, and I should in false choice, and I want to, or I'm going to in true choice. Also, um, in false choice, uh, people often may, you know, plow their way and just through dogged determination get their goals, but they're often tired or resentful when they do get them at the end. Uh, Oftentimes, they're doing it uh, for somebody else if you're looking at it in a business or, or a relationship 
or in a sport. You're not doing it for your own reasons. You're doing it for somebody else's reasons. And, um, uh, you know, most of the time in the end, you know, even if people do win and plan not to lose, it's uh, it's not very fulfilling. It's not very uh, rewarding. Uh, then there's another quadrant we talk about, uh, we cover in PLD, and that's avoid choice. And and most of the time when people start the PLD program, uh, they're they're uh, most often uh, the majority of the time they're they're operating in from false choice, plan not to lose, or avoid choice, which is just plan. You know, you ask them like, "What are you getting done in life?" and they're just like, "No goals. You know, no real true goals, no real true directions. Just kind of like, eh, you know, getting up every day, going to work, and you know, doing the same old, same old." So avoid choice, is, uh, unfortunately, is where the masses live. It's a wait and see attitude. It's a spectator attitude. It's reactive. Um, you know, uh, you know, uh, when things are going good, they're in. When things are going bad, they choose out. Um, a lot of confusion and avoid choice. And uh, oftentimes, confusion is a choice. Confusion is a choice to be in avoidance of making a choice. And uh, oftentimes, with folks that are hanging out in avoid choice. Um, oftentimes, uh, it, when they don't make a decision about what they want to do or where they're going, you know, whether it's in a uh, career or relationship or whatever, when they're not clear about what it is that they want and they don't make a choice, it often gets made for them. And uh, often when the choice gets made for them, whether it's in a relationship or at work or whatever, they often don't like the choice that was made for them. And then there's one other um, section uh, that we cover in PLD, and that's deny choice, and that's uh, not plan. And there's not too many people in this category because uh, they wouldn't even show up uh, for the PLD program if um, you know if they weren't uh, committed to playing the game and doing something different. However, I'll cover it because it's uh, it'll show up in other areas of life. It'll show up in relationships. It'll show up at work. Uh, it'll show up in health. And and deny choice is just not playing. It's resignation. It's uh, take no blame or, or responsibility. It's always out there. They're uh, oftentimes victim to other people or circumstances or whatever. Denies any ownership of anything. That way, therefore, they could never fail. Uh, they keep themselves, uh, people operating in denied choice or not plan, um, keep themselves separate, and uh, they tend to tend to be, you know, the Lone Ranger types. And uh, they deny that they you know, really have, you know, any choices or, or control in life. So again, just to, uh, you know, to bring this full circle to cover the four areas again, you have a uh, plan to win, which we call true choice. You have plan not to lose, which is called false choice. Uh, there is uh, just plan, which is avoid choice. And there's not plan, which is deny choice. Now, when you're looking at, you know, people often ask me, um, you know, uh, what do you mean by plan to win or, or talk to me a little bit about that. And so uh, I'll use game theory. You know, uh, this is an exciting time. We got a lot of great athletes um, over there in the Olympics. And and so using uh, athletics or business or relationships in the area of playing to win, when I talk to people about playing to win, I think there's some major, uh, major points uh, that it's important to get clear on. Number one is what are you playing to win? What's the objective? And uh, in the basic seminar, we play a game and uh, uh, we talk about the objective. Of, the objective of the game is to win. And so, you know, in a relationship, what's the objective in the relationship? In a business, what's the objective? You know, how do you know at the end of the day or how do you know at the end of the game when you look up at the scoreboard, how do you know you won? What's the objective? And then the next uh, important point is, uh, what are the rules or, or regulations or guidelines? Because uh, if you're playing a game and folks are playing by different rules, 
uh, it's not going to be very effective. And so um, in a relationship, uh, I, I think it's very important in a relationship or in a business relationship, you got to be clear about, you know, what are the rules? What are the guidelines? Uh, um, what, um, uh, you know, what's allowed, what's not allowed? And, um, uh, you know, we, when we grow up, uh, oftentimes uh, when we're uh, younger, we'll play pickup games, whether we play tennis or basketball or baseball or um, volleyball or whatever, uh, we'll, we'll play pickup sports. And and uh, you got to know what the rules of the games are. And oftentimes when you're playing pickup sports, you make the call yourself. You know what's in, you know what's out, you know what's fair, you know what's foul. And uh, if people are playing the game by uh, different rules or if they're not clear about the rules, then you're going to have chaos and, and you're not going to uh, be able to accomplish the objective you want. And um, uh, there's going to be a lot of confusion and chaos and there's not going to be uh, clarity and uh, there, there, uh, it'll be a lot more difficult to get anything done. Another component uh, of the game that I think is important, so I talked about objective, I talked about what are the rules, what are the guidelines, what are the regulations, because um, let me take a step back there if I, if I could also with the regulations and the guidelines. I don't, uh, taking it into a business realm, I don't really want to be in a business relationship or do business with somebody that will do whatever it takes to win, meaning, you know, if they do anything unethical or illegal or immoral, uh, then that's not the kind of person that I want to be in business with. It, uh, I, I'm up to doing whatever it takes to win as long as it's ethical, uh, moral, and doesn't violate the rights of other people. Okay, uh, And then uh, the third uh, important piece on, on playing to win is uh, what are the you know equipment and uh, players and other components of the game. If you look at, uh, for example, the National Pastime Baseball, uh, you have a field to play on. So if you're in a relationship, the field is your life. If you're in a business, it could be, you know, here in your community, it could be uh, statewide, it could be nationally, it could be internationally, um, uh, the playing field. Uh, you have equipment, so uh, whatever equipment you'd use for whatever, whatever sport you're playing, you know, you see all kinds of different equipment for all kinds of different sports. Minimal equipment on beach volleyball and uh, all the way up to, you know, uh, a lot of equipment for uh, for uh, other sports. And so there's, there's equipment. Uh, involved, uh, there's uh, players involved, there's uh, the playing field, uh, there's spectators, there's fans, there's all kinds of, you know, components to the game. And when all of that is in place, when you have, you know, the players, the rules, what's the objective, now you could set out to actually play the game to win. And so uh, whether you're an Olympic athlete or whether you're running a business, What's the objective of the business and how do we win, you know, at the business? How do we create customers? How do we create revenue? How do we create a profit? Uh, you know, so on and so forth. And so the great thing about games is that games create uh, and why people love games is that games create constant feedback. So whether you're playing chess, whether you're playing uh, Olympic volleyball or basketball, whether you're golfing, no matter what you're doing, you know, even if you're in a relationship, you make a move, you take an action. And then after you make a move or take an action, then you get constant feedback. There's feedback on, uh, it'll show up on the score. It'll show up as you're either winning or you're losing, um, you know, or you're, you know, treading water. And so you'll get constant feedback. And when you get the constant feedback, then oftentimes you'll take a look at what worked, what didn't work, and you'll make adjustments. So in the Olympics, these are the top athletes in the world. And one thing that you'll notice, even though they're the top athletes in the world, they all have coaches. And what are the, what's the purpose of the coaches there? To give them feedback. Because oftentimes, as people discover in the basic seminar, the person that we have oftentimes the most difficult time seeing is ourself. 
and uh, so a coach will provide you feedback. I uh, remember um, I remember when I started getting filmed when I took some golf lessons and watching the film and actually seeing how I showed up uh, versus how I thought I was showing up, how I thought I was swinging the club. Uh, that video was uh, was amazing feedback because uh, I did not think that that's the way I was swinging the club. And when I saw the video, that was the kind of feedback I'm talking about. A coach will give you feedback. Uh, however, until you take an action, the coach is unable to give you feedback. You're never going to think your way to a victory, meaning, you know, you're just you know, going to think and think and think and uh, never take an action. You could strategize and think. However, it all starts with taking an action, whether it's on the basketball court, the tennis court, the volleyball court, whatever field of play you're on, business or relationship, you take an action, you make a move, and it produces an outcome which gives you feedback. And then the coach can work with you on making adjustments. You'll often hear, um, you know, a Super Bowl's a big game. Uh, you know, a lot of viewers of the Super Bowl here in the USA. And oftentimes you'll um, hear the announcer say that when the teams go in in halftime, what adjustments do you think they're going to make? Uh, because they're going to get feedback on what worked, what didn't work in the first half, and what kind of adjustments can we make, and how can we perform more effectively to uh, to ultimately achieve the outcome or the objective. And so, you know, the objective of the game is to win. So whether it's the Super Bowl or the Olympics or whatever the case may be, the objective of the game is to win. Um, the the objective of a business is to make a profit and stay in business. The objective in a relationship, you know, uh, could be to have a you know loving, fulfilling, uh, committed relationship. And again, getting back to what's the objective? If you're in a relationship, you want to have clarity and certainty about what the objective is. If I'm uh, getting into a new relationship, and my objective is I want to date and I want to see other uh, women, but my uh, partner's objective is, you know, she wants a loving, committed relationship with one guy. You know, if we have, uh, you know, competing commitments there, competing objectives, it uh, it may uh, it may be very difficult. Matter of fact, it would be impossible for us, you know, to win that game playing together if we both had uh, different objectives. And so, through you know communication, uh, through communication, we can uh, get some clarity on what's the objective in this relationship. Through communication, we can get uh, clarity about what what's the objective in the job. How are we going to know that we won? And so, you know, when you're training new employees or you're bringing new employees into a business, it's very important that they know what's the part they're playing, you know, how do they fit into the team, and what's the overall objective of the team. You know, how are we going to know at the end of the day, the end of the week, the end of the month, or perhaps the end of the year, how are we going to know that we could look up at the scoreboard and we could say that we won? Okay, and that's by taking a look at uh, at the uh, objectives. So another thing at um, uh, at uh, getting to uh, looking at the strategy of playing to win. Um, uh, I've read a lot of books in my lifetime and and been involved in the personal and professional development uh, profession for uh, almost 30 years now. And something that I've I've uh, uh, observed or noticed or experienced in all successful people, uh, whether uh, the, the successful person is an athlete or an astronaut or a successful business person or even a successful uh, parent, you know, a mother or father, or whatever, is uh, they all had, you know, clarity about uh, what what is it that they wanted to accomplish. They all had clarity about it, and then they also had certainty about it. And uh, uh, 
uh, I have seen many, 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 many times. I mean, one of the best professional athletes that I have ever experienced in my lifetime is Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan in six NBA you know, championship series is in his life. He, he got his team to the finals six times, won the finals all six times and was the finals MVP all six times. Never, ever saw a guy that operated with more uh, certainty about winning the game. You know, so talking about confidence and uh, which, which, uh, uh, ties into another principle that we teach in the basic, which is the I am principle. And the I am is is a, is a self-talk, if you will. Every thought that, you, that uh, we have, every thought a person has starts with uh, I am. And it is either I am a winner or I am a loser. Uh, I am, you know, smart or I'm not smart. Everything starts, you know, with that uh, I am, uh, I am concept. And so, those are, you know, looking at all of the different uh, factors that go uh, back into playing to win. Um, those are the major components. And then let me kind of circle back and go to the uh, the feedback, uh, the feedback loop again about when you take an action, it produces an outcome, and you get to take a look at what worked, what didn't work, and you get that feedback and you make adjustments. Another thing that you will see in all champions, uh, another thing that you will see is persistence. Uh, you will see persistence. A lot of them practiced just as hard as they played the game. So you'll see practice. You'll see repetition. Um, you'll see the emotional involvement um, and the persistence. Uh, and an old uh, mentor of mine used to say, uh, you know, if you get knocked down 10 times, get up 11. You get knocked down 12 times, get up 13. And that's what I see with a lot of these, um, you know, Olympic athletes. And again, take it out of sports and take it into a business, take it into uh, personal health. Uh, there's people that will work on uh, their health and uh, perhaps weight loss. Maybe the first time they do it, they have a setback, they don't lose weight or they put weight on. Do they do they uh, do they stay persistent and get recommitted and do it over? Um, uh, oftentimes, when I'm working with people in the Paysetter Leadership Dynamics Program, I've worked with people that have that have uh, attempted to take weight off for years, and then you know then it clicks, it hits. You know they they make the they make the the commitment, they get the coaching, they get the feedback, uh, they get the, um, you know, they have the accountability. That's another thing. That's a big piece in um, in being successful is the accountability. And then, you know, maybe maybe it's the 10th diet, the 20th diet, the 50th diet that they finally lose weight, get to where they want to be, and uh, keep the weight off. And so it doesn't matter if it's health, relationships, um, you know, um, uh, anybody that I know that's been married, very few people, you know, I know it does happen. However, very few people marry the first person that they ever dated. And um, we have a lot of setbacks along the way in high school or college or, you know, throughout our young adult life, we have a lot of setbacks in relationships. And if we didn't have that persistence and uh, that uh, stick-to-itiveness, if you will, I don't know if that's such a word, but uh, I'm going to roll with it. And uh, anyway, they have that stick-to-itiveness and on a relationship you never know. It could be, you know, it could be the, you know, the 50th person you date, the 100th person you date or whatever, until you get to that point where uh, you find the right one. You know, you find the right woman, you find the right guy, you find the right partner. And so it it, it uh, takes persistence. If, uh, if you throw in the towel and say, huh, that's it, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a guy or a gal or a or a, a partner out there that uh, I don't think I'm ever going to find the right one and you give up, well, I'll guarantee you, you know, you'll never, you'll never find the right one that way. And so in playing to win takes a tremendous amount of commitment. And we talk about commitment in the basic. How do you tell what somebody's committed to? 
you look at the results. You know, often harsh, always fair. Tom Wilhite, the founder of Psy Seminars, always said the only fair way to judge a man or a woman is by results, often harsh, always fair. And uh, results are, you know, what we're uh, committed to. That's the uh, uh, the objective, if you will, the results. And so uh, once again, one other thing I want to get back to in the um, – and the play and to win, and whether it be a sport or a relationship, <clears throat> excuse me, or a business, uh, you go back to some of these different um, uh, areas, different quadrants that I broke down at the beginning, the play and to win and play and not to lose. Um, one of the exercises we do in the uh, PLD, the Pace Center Leadership Dynamics Program, is we actually break folks into these four different quadrants on one of the weekends to take a look at how are they playing the game and are they playing to win, are they in true choice, are they playing not to lose, which is false choice, are they just playing, which is avoid choice. We take a look at how they're playing the game, and in the game they they in the game of PLD they have goals. They have personal goals, professional goals. Some folks have relationship goals. Some have uh, business goals. Some people um, have um, uh, uh, income goals, if you will, and so they have goals in different areas. Well, we take a look at how they're playing the game and and how they're showing up, and uh, oftentimes. Uh, what they realize is that how they're playing in the game of PLD is often the exact same way in how they're playing in their life. In other words, if you took a look at their life and you looked at, you know, a lot of the major areas in their life, you know, health and career and family and things like that, that they're probably playing the game of life the exact same way as they're playing the game of PLD there really can be no difference. It's not like people come into pace or leadership dynamics and they say, I'm going to operate completely different than how I operate in my real life. I'm going to operate completely different. And they, you know, they literally take their head off and put their PLD head on. It just doesn't happen. I could assure you that how people show up and how they play the game in PLD is exactly the same way that they're playing the game of life. And uh, when people make that distinction and they really um, realize it's really about me, how am I being and what am I doing and what actions am I taking? And when you get the feedback, this is what's important. When you get the feedback on the actions that you take, whether it's swinging a golf club, swinging a bat, or in business, working on a business relationship, when you get that feedback, do you take and accept feedback or do you reject it or do you avoid it or do you uh, move away from it or whatever? Because um, the successful business people that I've been around that uh, I have been coached by or, or successful business people that I've actually coached, uh, one uh, common trait that they all have is they accept feedback and they make adjustments. A mentor of mine often said to me, learn how to eat feedback for breakfast in the morning. Don't be afraid of feedback. Because in my younger days, I used to take feedback as criticism. And uh, oftentimes, when I'm working with people in PLD, I'll hear them say, well, you know, you criticized me on that, or somebody on the team criticized me. No, somebody on the team gave you feedback, and you're the one that turned it into criticism. Feedback, you know, there's uh, feedback is not positive or negative. It's what we make uh it's what we make about it uh you know we're giving you feedback on how you swung the bat or how you swung the club it's not negative or positive it's feedback and then uh, you could take that feedback in and make adjustments because uh most people have heard the einstein quote by now what's the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over and over again and expect a different result. And uh, another uh, big concept in playing to win, um, uh, most successful business people that I know um, and um, successful athletes uh, are part of a team. I mean, there's even 
athletes that may look like they're performing individually. It may look like a mountain climber is out there climbing the mountain by himself, uh, him or herself. It's, It's amazing the team that a mountain climber will have behind them to get up a mountain. You know, when you look at all the logistical things and all the supplies and prep and everything that goes into climbing a mountain, although you might see one person at the top of the mountain, it took a team. So most people that I know that uh, play the game of life and operate from playing to win, uh, they're very good team players. Uh, I very... I don't think uh, I was going to say I very often. I was, uh, I'll check that and say I have never, I have never seen anybody accomplish anything significant in life. You know, and I've been, I've been doing PLD programs now for 20 years. I've never seen anybody accomplish anything significant in life that they did all by themselves. They did acting alone. It, it always took teamwork and other people and that's you know one of the things i enjoy so much about pld or the pace Setter leadership dynamics program is the teamwork and uh, um, the support and the feedback and um, um, and just you know just the team when you get that synergy of everybody pulling the rope um, in the um, in the same direction so Dory, those are the major points that I wanted to make about uh, playing to win. And I believe at this time you had uh, some questions uh, from folks. Yes, we absolutely do. So let's start with the first question that comes from TM. And that question is, I start a race with the best intentions, going strong, feeling competent, succeeding, and bam. Somewhere I stop, give up, and then repeat. How do I get off my own carousel of my own making? Okay. So I start the race with best of intentions, going strong and feeling good, and then the somewhere give up. So uh, and then repeat this often and office, uh, often. Um, and uh, he he gets that. Uh, I take it the questioner said that they get that it's of their own making. So. Well, let's. I would. I would start. Uh, I would answer the question uh, this way. I start the race with the best of intentions. Well, getting back to uh, playing to win. Uh, what are the best of those atten- uh, intentions? Um, I, I don't know uh, if, um, like for example, I ran a marathon once, and and if my intention was to run it in over in under four hours, and that was the first marathon I ran, uh, you know, when I get to the halfway point and I see that I have no chance of doing it in, in under four hours, I might quit and give up. Uh, you know, so the best of my intentions might have been, you know, to run the marathon or run a 10K in a certain amount of time or whatever. Maybe the best of his intention when he's running the race, maybe uh, the next objective he could set when he when he uh, does a race is finish it, finish it. It doesn't matter what time. I remember I did a I did a marathon in Italy uh, five years ago or something like that, and my my time was horrible, and I wasn't concerned about the time. I just wanted to finish the marathon, and I, I didn't care if I finished it in six hours or eight hours or whatever. I just wanted to finish it. So maybe make an adjustment like uh, the way his question started is I start with the best of intentions. That gets back to when I, I wrote, What's the objective? I don't know what his intentions are. So what's the objective? To finish the race, to finish it in a certain amount of time, um, you know, because, you know, he starts off going strong and then, you know, and then uh, somewhere he just, you know, gives up and quits. So even if he had to walk a little while and, you know, get his, uh, uh, get his uh, win back and then start, you know, running again and just finish the race, I think, uh, I think every time that he quits and he gives up, uh, it's chipping away at his self-confidence. It's chipping away at his self-esteem. And so maybe take a look at, you know, what's the objective here? And also taking a look at, you know, does he notice, is there any certain point 
that, you know, where he's hitting that bam, where he's stopping and giving up? Is there is there something that's triggering that? You know, if he could if he could pay attention to that. And um and and so uh, I guess coming full circle with the answer is when I was going over the different components, I would I would coach this guy from What's your objective? You know, why are you running the race? And are you running it for time or are you running it for exercise or are you running it for, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? And then, um, uh, you know, get some, you know, maybe get a um, a partner. I talked about, I talked about teamwork um, uh, on the call also. Maybe get a partner or somebody, an accountability partner. In, in PLD, we have accountability partners. And you just say to somebody, hey, you know, run this race with me. And when I go to quit or give up, you know, stay with me and we're going to get through this together. And so that's what I would say. Look at the objective and maybe an accountability partner and, uh, you know, be be clear because again, that magic word to use there is I start the race with the best of intentions. I think that those intentions got to be tied into his objective. What what's he want to accomplish? Does that make sense? Excellent points. The next question: How? This comes from MD. How am I sabotaging myself? This last year has been very difficult for me in my finances, my love life, and my career. How can I get back on my path? Okay. Well, again, I'll uh, tie it back into uh, he has some different areas there. He's got his career, he's got his love life, and uh, was it also health? Let's see, finances, love life, and and uh, get back on his path. Uh, again, I would go to what's what's the objectives? What's the objectives in the relationship? What's the objective uh, in the finances? Um, you know, he um, he says he's had some setbacks. Well, the good news is is that if it's a setback, if he's not making the money he used to make, well, at least he knows he was making a certain income before. So if you did it once, you could do it again. And uh, and then the relationship also. So what's the objective? You know, what's the goal? Um, uh, you know, uh, does uh, him does does his relationship? Uh, does she have the same definitions or the same intentions or the same objective in the relationship as uh, as uh, he has or she has? It is an MD, so I don't know. It says MD, so I don't know if it's a, a woman or a, or a man here. So, uh, so in the relationship, no matter which way it is. And so um, uh, uh, I would get some clarity, and when you have the clarity of what it is you want to uh, create uh, in the business again with the, a setback on the finances. First of all, uh, I, another thing I would say is he he or she is not this person is not the only one that's had any setbacks in finances. It uh, you know the um, uh, the um, economic downturn affected a lot of people, and the best thing that I think we have going for us um, in the uh, siring the people that do the psi work is the best thing you have going for you is uh, control of your thoughts, your beliefs, and your attitude. And so um, uh, I would reassess the situation, take a look at um, at uh, uh, what's, um, you know, we may have to get into a different uh, career here in Denver, Colorado. The um, real estate, uh, there was 6,000 home builders, no, excuse me, almost 20,000 home builders when the recession hit, and now there's about 6,000. So there's a lot of people in the home building industry that changed careers or did something different. Same thing happened back in the 70s, early 80s in the steel industry. Uh, people left the steel industry and uh, changed careers and had to figure out something else to do. So it might be, you know, figuring out something else to do. Uh, it... Um, uh, getting some clarity with the relationship about what's the path you want to be on. Uh, are you married? Uh, are you single? I mean, you know, what do you want to do on that? And uh, and and get some clear goals and objectives. Because most of the time, when I see people sabotaging themselves, it's because uh, of lack of clarity, lack of certainty, uh, no goals. Um, and and so I would just start from there. 
get some get some clear objectives and uh and uh, uh get again you know get some people on your team get some people uh that um uh, believe in you and uh, will support you in, in what it is that you want. And uh, it's an it's the old adage. I, I said my uh, mentor uh, said this to me many times. Is uh, is every winner that he ever coached or knew, you know, got knocked down ten times. They got up eleven. So uh, you want to see what something somebody's made of? Introduce them to adversity, and you'll see what they're made of. So I'd say pick yourself up. Go at it again. Get some clarity and some certainty. Um, uh, work on your attitude and and um, and uh, go for it again. That's how I'd answer that question, Dor. Okay, great. The next question comes from K S. When you have too much on your plate and not enough productivity, what are some winning techniques to push through and win? Having a passion, but it's not bringing in the money as I thought it would. Then what? Hmm. Let's see. Too much on the plate. Um, well, that uh, that would tend to lead me towards focus, and um, I uh, I love sports, and I have a couple of you know sports figures that uh that I think uh, were really incredible in my lifetime Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Joe Montana. And if you look at, you know, Wayne Gretzky, uh even Tiger Woods, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Joe Montana, all these guys in different sports, they had incredible focus. And so uh this uh, person that asked a question started it off with I have too much on my plate. I would say perhaps maybe start with writing down a list of 10 things and then take a look at the list of 10 things and circle the two most important to you. What are the two most important things? Because uh, I have found that the 80-20 rule in life, uh, the 80-20 rule, I have just seen that be so consistent in every walk of life, uh, no matter what people do and no matter what part of the world I've been in. And that is that um, uh, 20, uh, you know, what what uh, 20% uh, of the people in the world will create 80% of the results or 20% of what she puts her effort to will create 80% of her results. So if she starts out with a list of 10, picks the two most important things and focuses on that, I think uh, she's going to dramatically shift her um, you know, shift shift her effectiveness. Uh, what are some of the winning techniques to, you know, to push me through this to win? Uh, well, the focus... Uh, the clarity, you know, having clarity about what is it that she wants, you know, why does she want it, why is it important to to her, uh, him or her. Again, we're just going by initials on these names, so I'm not sure if they're male or female. So I'll uh, be gender neutral. Um, and so just getting the clarity, the certainty, and then the then the uh, focus, because um, if you're all over the place, you know, if you're um, you know, if Michael Jordan was, you know, just practicing basketball for a half an hour and then went and played golf for a half an hour and then, you know, went and played football for a half an hour or whatever, he he wouldn't have never been the basketball player he was. And uh, and so just getting that focus on what's important to this person here will be, um, uh, I would say, would be very important. And then with some of the techniques to push me through the win, I'd say the persistence. And I'd say also something that I didn't talk a lot about, and I'll, I'll talk about a little, I'll talk it, about it in the wrap-up. But another thing is, is fun because she or this person mentions having a passion. I would also say, you know, having fun. If you could figure out a way to have fun and make it enjoyable that um I have I have seen incredible results produced uh, in companies and with people and uh they're having fun. It is possible to have fun and have results. So that's how I'd answer that question, Dory. Okay. The next question comes from A.R. How can I get my partner to play to win with me? Well, I'd uh, make sure that your both have the same objective. 
and um, uh, I'll use the I'll use the analogy with with um, uh, you know my wife and I. My wife is a good dancer. I was a good baseball player. My wife didn't play baseball with me, and I don't dance with her. Uh, however, I could support her in winning. Uh, by uh, going to her competitions and uh, cheering for her or um, uh, making sure that our, our son is taken care of so that she can compete and practice. There's all kinds of ways, things that I could do to support my wife in winning that uh, that uh, doesn't mean that I have to go dancing with her. And so that gets down to uh, communicating. Like it says, how do I get my partner to play to win with me? Well, what's your objective of playing to win? What's What's the outcome that you both want? And are you both in agreement on the outcome? When you're both in agreement on the outcome, the same direction looks like. You may find, though, if you don't sit down and communicate, your partner might think playing to win looks uh, one way, and you might think playing to win looks a completely different way. So I would say sit down and make sure, you know, say, hey, um, I, I really want to be in partnership with you on this. Here's what playing to win looks like from me. You know, uh, uh, what does playing to win look like for you? And sometimes, you know, just that clear communication, um, you know, once you're both clear on the objective, uh, pulling the rope in the same direction is not very hard at all. And uh, how could you get in partnership? Uh, I would say uh, I've, I've seen this uh, with spouses a lot. Uh, cooperation versus competition. Sometimes there's competition between partners, and uh, cooperation would be much more effective. And so get in partnership, um, work together in cooperation uh, for the objective that you both agree on, and make sure that you both have the same de definition or objective of playing to win. So that's how I would answer that question, Dory. Excellent points, and that really translates not only to a uh, relationship partner, a, a spouse, significant other, that also translates to a business relationship. You know, all those things really can go to either, you know, point either a business partner or a relationship partner, so those are excellent. And our final question comes from JC, and that question is, what's the biggest quality that separates people who win from those who don't? Well, my experience has been uh, persistence and, uh, and a, a persistence uh, of burning desire uh, attitude that uh, every setback is not a failure. It's just that, uh, uh, you know, great, uh, uh, I've heard great athletes say, I, I didn't lose the game, I just ran out of time, and uh, so on and so forth. Their attitude is just so amazing, it's incredible. So, um, you know, what separates, uh, What uh, repeat the question again, what separates the winners from the, I don't want to say winners. Yeah, what's the biggest losers? quality that separates people who win from those who don't? From those who don't is is that you know pers per persistence. Um, uh, I'll make up that word again. Stictuativeness. Um, you know the the mental uh, the mental attitude. Um, you know the uh, the passion. And there was a great book uh, written by uh, Doctor Doctor Carol Dweck. She wrote a book called Mindset, and she said. Uh, you know, I'll use some of her material for this. In the book Mindset, and she studied athletes, uh, business people. Um, she she studied you know musicians, and she said the people that had a growth mindset, even when they had setbacks, that had a growth mindset. So the winner, uh, that no matter what setback they had. They looked at it, uh, you know, uh, as with a growth mindset. In other words, you know, when they took an action and it didn't produce the outcome that they wanted, uh, they looked at what was the learning experience. Uh, and she actually used Michael Jordan as an example in the book about um, it took him several years to get 
to the NBA championship games. And every year that he failed, that uh, that his team didn't make the playoffs, he said, hey, we learned a lot, and next year we'll do better. And uh, he never blamed the refs. He never blamed anybody else. It was uh, every, every step of the way, it was a learning experience. And so I would... You know, uh, uh, that book by Dr. Carol Dweck, Mindset, uh, a lot of people in my Pace the Leadership Dynamics program have read that book and said it's one of the best books out there. So in a, in a simple, in a, a simple one-word answer, I would say to JC, Mindset. You know, their their mindset is really what sets the winners apart from the people that don't win. And what I see in that mindset is persistence. Everything is a learning or growth opportunity. And then you know their their mental attitude of um, of uh, you know just uh, I'm going to do whatever it takes, and I'm not going to stop until I get there. Uh, those are the qualities and characteristics I see that set the winners apart from the folks that don't win. Okay. Excellent. So, would you like to give us any closing comments tonight, Dan? You bet. And uh, and talking about playing to win, I'm I'm having a lot of fun in life right now because I have an 11 year old that's playing ball, and I get to watch him a lot. And and uh, and and so in wrapping this thing up, I would uh, I'd say the same thing I say to my 11 year old son: If you're going to put the time, energy, and effort into anything, you might as well play to win. Uh, it uh, it uh, you know it it takes the same amount of energy and effort you know to get up and go to the ballpark and everything you know uh, you know you might as well then go out there and put the effort in and play the win rather than you know uh, just play or be lackadaisical or be casual or whatever so uh, if you're going to put the time energy and effort in you might as well uh, play to win and then the the um, um, Taking action is so important, you know, uh, you know, then that's where the practice comes in. There's an old adage in sports about practice makes perfect and, and uh, not only in sports and anything. And I don't, I don't believe that. I think perfect practice makes perfect. I think if you're practicing a lousy golf swing or a lousy tennis swing, you're going to have a lousy golf swing or a lousy tennis swing if that's what you're practicing. So that old adage, practice makes perfect, I don't think it's true. I think it's perfect, practice makes perfect. So again, taking that action and uh, getting that feedback and taking a look at what works and what doesn't work. And then what I often do with my son is when we're out there in the grind, I mean, we were out there a week ago on a 95 degrees on a Saturday, and I'm throwing him batting practice. So I always like to work with him on how could we make it a game or how could we how could we get some fun into it. And so I think it's so important to have fun and enjoy what you're doing. I believe that when people are laughing and having a good time, it, it raises their energy level, it raises their vibration, if you will, and that uh, uh, some of the, all of the most successful people that I know, they're a lot of fun to be around. I haven't met too many successful people that, that are like a stick in the mud. Uh, they're, they're, they're fun, uh, they're people, they're, they love people, and they're high energy. And so uh, the final thing that I would say in playing to win is is having fun because so many times I've seen young kids leave sports to leave football or leave baseball or leave hockey or something when they're young because it isn't fun anymore. You know, perhaps the parents put so much pressure on them or uh, it was something that they really didn't want to do and it wasn't fun, so they left. Uh, and I think that's true for adults too. When you're having fun, it's high energy. You like being around the people you're with, and you're having a good time. I think it's uh, I think it's uh, much easier to play to win when you're enjoying what you're doing. Okay, awesome call. Thank you so much, Dan, uh, for this lesson tonight. It's been really phenomenal. Well, thank you, Dory. It was uh, a pleasure to be on, and uh, one of my you know favorite topics. And with just having the Olympics uh, wrap up, I think uh, uh, folks experienced a lot of playing to win there. And um, uh, again, I want to thank you for having having me on. It was my pleasure, and it's and it's always fun working with you. 
Well, awesome. And it's obvious that you love this topic and you've really, really brought a lot to it tonight. So thanks again. And thank you to everyone who's listening in. We hope you enjoyed the call and have some new tools to move you forward in your life with your goals and your dreams. We'd also like to thank Ms. Jane Wilhite for sharing a behind-the-scenes look at Your Dream Machine, True Stories of Creating Abundance, the book she has co-authored with Psy Graduates. And be sure to order your copy today as you'll have access to all those free gifts and bonuses that we were talking about earlier. So go now to www.yourdreambonuses.com. And you will definitely want to attend next month's call. It's scheduled for Tuesday, September 11th. And on this very special call, you will have the chance to ask Jane Wilhite your questions about size seminars. Jane is a thought leader of the human potential movement. And she's been a visionary for a company with hundreds of employees and hundreds of thousands of graduates for almost 40 years. So definitely take the time to join us on that call. It's a really special opportunity where Jane's going to be opening up the call to those questions that you've always wanted to ask her. So register now at www.psiteleseminars.com. And do not forget to ask Jane your question when you register. And now just because the call's over doesn't mean the conversation has to end. Let's continue the discussion on Facebook. Go to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash PSI seminars and share your thoughts on playing to win. What did you get out of the call tonight? And how are you going to implement this in your life? We want to hear from you. As many of you know, we post live updates during the call on Facebook, and we love having your feedback. For those of you who are new to SCI seminars and would like to find out more about the SCI Basic Seminar or any of our advanced courses, you can go to SciSeminars.com where you'll find information about all of our courses as well as the dates and locations for upcoming classes. That's PSISeminars.com. We want to thank you again for being on the call tonight. We appreciate you taking the time out to listen, and we hope you have a fantastic evening.